Now, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard, Certified Practicing Accountant and Financial Advisor. Welcome along to Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard. Big show for today, mate. Big show, Mark. You're here. I'm here. Henry's going to join us from the, uh, from London and, and, and we've got Ian Moranti here. And Ian will be talking uh, superannuation, so that'll be a fun listen a bit later on. Yeah, fun listen. Take a look at the numbers as we always do at the top of the program. Yeah, Mark, yeah, take a look at the numbers. There's lots of red numbers around here at the moment, um, except for gold. The gold the gold was up $58.45 an ounce to $2,275 on the week, and the crude oil price was, was down $2, was down 31 cents a barrel to $89.68. So a bit all over there. Uh, the, the currencies, um, the Australian dollar is now at 67.37 US cents, um, down a tenth of a cent on the week. Against the Great British Pound, we're 55.14 pence. We're up marginally on the week. And uh, the euro, we're 60.78 euro cents, which is about the same as last week. So no great move in the currencies. Um, the the all ordinaries uh, on the week was up 7.8 points, which is um, 6,600 6,600.77. Um, the S&P 500 was down 35 points to 2,887 and the UK FTSE index was uh, 7,114 which is down 148 points. Um, some stocks that local investors like have interest in. Um, BHP is $35.42 which is up 22 cents on the week. Uh, CBA was $76.80 which was down 30 cents. Uh, NIB was uh, $7.27 which is up 18 cents on the week and, and Telstra was down 1 cent to $3.68. Um, the fuel prices, Newcastle $1.47.2 which is up 3.4 cents a litre. A little bit. A little bit. I don't think I've ever really looked in fuel prices for ages. I just never look at them. It's got to go. When you got to get it filled up, you got to get it filled up. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. And Sydney is dollar forty three point four, which is down seven point nine cents on the week. Surprising how many people do that. Drive round and waste three litres of petrol to save. Um, anyhow, diesel price dollar forty eight point two, which is down point um, two of a cent, and in Sydney a dollar forty four point seven, which is also down point two of a cent. The financial field is Henry Jennings. G'day, Henry. Hi, Henry. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good, Henry. Good. Hi, Stephen. How are you? I'm good, Henry. Excellent. Good. Excellent. Good. Um, so, uh, uh, what's it like over in the UK? Cold or hot? No, it's been very hot this weekend. Bank holiday weekend, August bank holiday weekend has been 33.2 degrees. A record. Excellent. It's extraordinary. And, of course, the UK, our English people, are very, very good at handling heat yes. and don't stop complaining. It's either too hot or too cold. Oh, well, so, yeah. <laughs> It was quite hot, I have to say. That's why you escaped. Um, so I did escape, but they've lured me back temporarily. Temporarily. So Bellamy's, Bellamy's is... Uh, Bellamy's is upbeat despite um, their profit falling or by almost half from 42.8 to 21.7 million and has still haven't obtained the Chinese approvals for the yeah. baby formula. Uh, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a roller coaster ride, I think, for, for Bellamy's shareholders and, and, the, and the coast a bit um, definitely came into force this week with the results. So, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good for them. Um, a number of brokers tried to put a positive spin on it, but that um, Chinese regulatory approvals um, has been so long in the granting that it's not funny. Um, and clearly the market is losing a little bit of patience with that. And they're trying to rebrand the business as well in China.
China, um, and they do seem to have some headwinds, which um, the market really isn't in a mood for headwinds at the moment. So punish the stock back down towards um, $7.60. Uh, it topped out at $10.40 not long ago. So, um, yes, uh, a bit of punishment being, being doled out for Bellamy's, I'm afraid, but very much focused on that China issue. And and Virgin's looking to cut 750 people from their workforce to save mm. 75 yeah, million. It, it's funny, isn't it? John, John Borghetti was hailed as the, you know, the, the great successor to uh, Qantas. And then, of course, um, our friend Alan Joyce got the gig and, and Borghetti went off to run Virgin. But it couldn't be two different stories, really, could it? I mean, you've got Virgin, uh, which is Virgin on uh, on the, uh, the the city at the moment. They're sacking a lot of people. They're going to get rid of a lot of people. They're re-looking at a strategic plan, including closing some of their international routes. Um, and it really is, it's a strange beast as well because the, the share price um, is very, you know, it's very poorly owned and very poorly covered by um, a lot of brokers in Australia, mainly because it's, um, it's kind of the plaything of the big boys that all have big percentage holdings in it. So no one really um, owns it, unlike Qantas. So it's, it's not been a great performer. Um, and you'd like to think that somebody one day will put them out of their misery and take over the whole thing. And, but they just seem to have boardroom problems and too many masters and too many issues. And, um, yeah, not, not really one uh, to invest in, I don't think. Yes, yes, and Beg Beg is having a bit of a problem here with the uh, the drought, and uh, apparently that's caused intense competition for milk supplies, and as a result, their profits dropped to eleven point eight million. Yes, well, you know what? They're not the only ones that are having problems with the drought. There's a lot of companies that have been uh, reporting issues and have been skewed by by the drought, and you know it can't be. Um, you know, you can't underestimate the effect that it um, that it has. I mean, there's, there's higher costs. We've seen that with uh, with Ingham's as well. They took a massive tumble. Chicken feed um, is not chicken feed in terms of costs. Um, it, it has been rising because of the drought. We've seen problems with Costa Group as well um, in terms of their pricing for some of their berries and mushrooms too. So it's it's pretty tough being a, an agricultural stock. But uh, I mean, I guess it was good that they were they were confident. But it's a lot of these stocks are very dependent on the weather, yep. and um, it's very hard to predict the weather. Who would have thought 33 degrees in the, in the UK? He's just showing, bank holiday. Henry. You're just showing <laughs> off now. You're just showing I off. Know, I know, I know, but it won't be long before Sydney and. and what are we today, 17 or something? West Farmer says business isn't too bad after announced a $1.9 billion profit up 13.5% compared to the prior year after you strip out the Coles results. Yeah, not bad at all, is it? There were some concerns that Bunnings was slowing a little bit and that uh, maybe the, the, uh, the housing market downturn has uh, affected them. But generally, it was, it was a pretty good set of figures, I have to say. Office work's still doing very well. So, um, yeah, retail shareholders should be pretty pleased with West Farmers. Um, and uh, Woolies, of course, is out today, showing the, the strength in their numbers of those, um, those small collectibles that they, um, that they reward children with, although the market hasn't been quite as kind uh, to Woolies today. But the share price continues to sort of edge ever higher, uh, and they did increase the dividend by 14%, so that's, um, that's good news as well. Although the chairman, Gordon Cairns, did point out that... Uh, uh, things are still challenging out there. There are a few headwinds in uh, in the economy, and so um, it's not all beer and skittles for Woolies. And of course, the same would apply for West Farmers through its uh, Coles shareholding, and also, of course, through the Bunnings 
Yeah, and down at Afterpay, they're signing up customers the rate of $11,000 11, per day. Eleven thousand customers per day. Yeah, yeah. It is absolutely extraordinary. Afterpay, of course, is, is a very polarising stock. The buy now, pay later provider. It's got a really simple product, and everyone else is kind of uh, moving around them. We've got Zip and Flexi and Sezzle and, and Split It, um, and there's a lot of uh, moving pieces in this one. But Afterpay has certainly become the behemoth in the space. Signing up people, as you say, Stephen, just ridiculous amounts of people signing up, pushing ahead in the US. Uh, the UK, they've said, is going um, as well as the US was at a similar stage. Um, you know, it's still, there's still pretty skinny margins. I've got to say, they make um, you know, the merchant fee of around 3.9%. They've got bad debts of around 1.8%, which leaves around 2.1% to do marketing and all the other bits and bobs they do. They have to, you know, have to run the company and the websites and all the other stuff. Um, so it doesn't leave much profit, and they're certainly not making a profit at the moment. But uh, huge, huge numbers um, and at some stage I guess it will drop through to the bottom line and they will make a profit mm. um, but that doesn't seem to be a prerequisite for companies these days to make a profit. And some say they'll never will and it doesn't bother anybody. That's right, that's right. Bothers me. Yeah, I know. You, you, yeah. Well, you know, if you use traditional valuations, the, 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 the valuation of a company's the sum of all the distributions yeah. the discount rate so if you never make a profit there's never any distribution so the valuation model can't come back to zero yeah well that's the trouble isn't it but you know old old school you know it's one of the, the cause of capitalism isn't it you're supposed to make a profit mm. and so <laughs> so flexi group shares went up 13 percent once they announced they'd teamed up with mastercard to offer yeah. a, a, a afterpay like product so that's interesting <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, usually by adding a letter here yeah, or adding yeah. a letter there. So Flexi Group have got a product called Hum, which is um, looks a little bit like Afterpay. They've now come up with a product called Bundle, and uh, Hum has got two M's, and Bundle has got two L's and no E. No so, that's, so that's pretty cool. Um, and they've also got another couple of uh, products as well that have got extra I's in. So it seems to be, you know, if you want to be cool and trendy and appeal to the millennials, misspell um, your brand name, um, but they have teamed up with Mastercard, and it, it's kind of a weird thing because you can you can basically roll any of the things that you buy with Mastercard, so your groceries, um, petrol, all that sort of stuff, into a buy now pay later um, scheme, so that you can defer the um, the cost of that and the payment plan over two, four, or even longer with with no interest, which um, is interesting, and I'm sure it's going to get a lot of um, consumer advocates up in arms. I mean, it's, it's all very well to go and buy a little black dress on uh, on pretend credit, um, but whether you want to be buying your groceries and your petrol and your electricity bill on, on an afterpay style system and rolling them all into one debt package uh, remains to be seen. But, uh, but Bundle is here, Hum is here, um, all these things are here. So, um, yeah, put an extra vowel in and you've got yourself a business. These are the questions. Uh, Henry, as always, a big thank you. You're are you still overseas next week or are you back? Uh, I will be still here next week. All right, that's Henry Jennings. Thanks, Henry. Guest for today is Ian Moran, who's going to be talking all things superannuation. Welcome, Ian. Thank you very much, Mark. Hi, Ian. That's Stephen. Again. Thank you. You've escaped from Europe as well. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so I just thought we'd do a uh, superannuation up today. Um, um, 
being August, so a couple of things are happening. Um, the single touch payrolls um, being rolled out, um, not without some hiccups, particularly since the ATO was supposed to produce some software, which it hasn't done, but still mm. determined to implement it. So um, how does single touch payroll work as far as super goes out? Uh, well, it means that every time an employer processes the payroll for its employees, the information is forwarded directly to the ATO. So rather than the ATO being able to collect information uh, quarterly or annually, it's effectively going through now each time the payroll is run. So what it means is it's going to be able to, a lot easier for the ATO to be able to keep track of unpaid superannuation, whereas it has been and is still quite a significant problem for uh, employees uh, and employers and the ATO and the general economy with uh, the impacts of contributions not being paid. So it's going to allow the ATO to keep a track of unpaid contributions and follow those up very quickly, whereas in the past it's been, uh, I suppose, more of a hit and miss type of process. Mm -hmm. And so people are supposed to, certain employers are supposed to be uh, in that from the 1st of July, which is people for less than 20 employees now. Yes, that's and, right. Steve. And there are some exemptions for um, closely held people and uh, people who don't have access to the internet and yeah. you have to apply for a concession for if you don't have access to the internet. But unfortunately, uh, to apply for the concession has to be done across the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyone with employees um, needs to have a look at that and that's yeah. going to involve you in some expense because you're going to have to go out if you haven't got payroll software yeah. you're going to have to go out and acquire some payroll software yes there is a link on uh, on the ATO website that um, takes you through to a list and uh, the list does indicate that there are some um, free software options um, as well as some low fee ones. There were some that I was looking at yesterday and uh, I think the fee for using those is something like $10 a month. So there are some low cost options there. I'm not uh, sure though how uh, effective they are. because Yeah, I some of those free but ones, they're only for the first short space of time. Yeah. Uh, the ATO was supposed to provide free software to enable everyone to do it, but mm. of course it hasn't been done. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and then small super, uh, self-managed superannuation fund trustees, the ATO is making a bit of noise about investment strategies. Yes, the, um, particularly in the current environment where the interest rates are uh, reducing or falling on uh, cash products, traditionally a lot of super self-managed super funds have had a high proportion of their funds invested in cash. Um, now, there might be various reasons for that, it might be while they accumulate money to make a purchase of a further investment or it might be waiting for opportunities or it might be just a lack of uh, making that decision of what investment should be used. But with the current uh, falling interest rates, it's important for self-managed super fund trustees to look at their current strategy, do a review and make sure that they're not holding uh, too much um, cash in low earning uh, environments because it's going to impact on their uh, outcomes. 
Yeah, that's right. So, so, so um, the other the other thing you need to consider is the ATAS mission raised some concerns about um, whether trustees are properly formulating their their investment strategies uh, in accordance with the Act. And, and one of the two specific issues they've raised is um, uh, is is funds that only have a large exposure to one particular asset, which in some cases will mean that 90% of the um, fund may be in a single investment property, mm-hmm. and whether that whether, whether the investment strategy deals with that, particularly given the, the liquidity standard that you're supposed to consider. And also, they've got concern about whether investment in cryptocurrency can ever satisfy the investment uh, standards of a superannuation fund, giving the, the problems with um, tracing ownership and verifying that the fund actually owns that. So I understand that they're in the process of sending out letters to uh, funds that they've identified that um, 90% of the assets are in one particular... Um, 90% of the assets are in one particular asset class or all the funds got cryptocurrency. Now, the, the information that the, the ATO is collecting on superannuation funds is the returns are getting bigger and bigger each mm-hmm. year and uh, they're getting more and more information. So I expect that you're going to see more of these um, type of inquiries about investment strategies and other things going forward into the future. Yes, uh, uh, I think it's a good point, Stephen. And even just going back to the... Um, single touch payroll, the amount of technology that's available these days and information. Um, regulators such as the ATO are going to have a lot of information at their fingertips and they're going to be able to uh, sort out uh, those uh, entities or employers or super funds that they think are doing the wrong thing or not quite up to the mark. It's going to be a lot easier for them to identify them going forward. More superannuation? Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that members should look at is their, their personal circumstances um, at this time of the year as well. So what what do we need to look at there, Anne? Um, first of all, at this time of the year, the annual statements are generally coming out, so it's um, first uh, point of action for that would be to check the annual statement, make sure all the details on it are correct, um, have the amount of contributions have been paid into the account that you were expecting, uh, particularly from an employer and any contributions that you have made yourself. Um, do they still have basic details like your address correct? Uh, because sometimes you um, might have moved during the year but forgotten to notify your super fund, so just check that those details are correct. So what do, you, what do you do if you don't actually get an annual statement? Uh, if you don't get an annual statement, um, a lot of them are available online these days. Um, so a lot of members now apply to have online access uh, and get uh, statements, etc., directly um, either through the uh, secure portal or emailed to them. Um, some people still like to receive the paper. Either way, uh, you should receive an annual statement, whether it's electronically or paper-based, uh, so that you can check those details. Okay. And so um, after, after you've checked all your details are up to date and all your contributions are, have been received, what, do you, what, do you, what should we be looking at um, next? I think one of the things that is probably uh, missing from the um, superannuation discussions is that need to set some goals and objectives for your super. Um, the super system... Um, in one respect it's good that it has a lot of defaults built into the system so that if you take no action um, and take no uh, positive steps yourself 
you'll end up with default settings. So what that means is at the point of retirement, eventually you'll get what you get. Uh, if I could put it that way, it means that you might be lucky, you might not be be lucky. But setting some um, some goals and objectives will mean that this, when you do retire, you'll get superannuation that's going to be meaningful for you and help you achieve the things that you want to achieve. And at that point of, in retirement, that's when you should have the options of doing those things that you want to do, whether it's um, you know buying a new car, updating something in the house, going on a trip, uh, doing something for grandchildren, um, and even just being able to afford to pay your you know regular type daily living expenses and meet the lifestyle that you want. So setting a goal and objectives it means that. First of all, you can work out how much super you think you might need and then um, based on the projections of where you're at at the current time and how long you've got to go to retirement, you can start then putting some proactive plans in place to try and help you achieve those objectives. So there's a number of those calculators around. I think ASIC's got one. Yes, there's it? quite a few of those now and they're becoming more, I think, user-friendly and also um, reasonably... Um, good as far as the indication they give you. So what you need to do is estimate the amount of money you're going to need in retirement and then the calculator will tell you how much you need to. Correct, yes. So if you start by what sort of lifestyle um, are you looking for in retirement um, and then add on to that the extra things that you might want to do, the lump sum type expenses that you uh, would like to, to be able to, to um, cater for. All right, sounds uh, like uh, a lot of work to do there, but uh, some great advice. We've got uh, Brian on the phone at the moment. Brian, you've got a question on selling shares today. What's happening, Brian? Uh, just mainly to do with about selling shares. Uh, the chap there gave me some good advice when I was issued these shares by IAG, and that was to hang on until I needed them. Well, I've done that, and some years later, well, I'm going to need them to pay for a solar system. I've had some reviews, or looked at some reviews from my bank in particular about their share trading system, and all the reviews were very critical. Uh, another friend of mine, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention anything by name, am I? Any uh, company by name? Probably not. No, OK, right on. Uh, it seems straightforward, like, but I was very surprised with my own bank, which I've been with for, well, 25 years or so, even longer. Uh, the review for their trading system was pretty pathetic. Uh, so I suppose it's just sort of potluck, isn't it? Well, it depends what you know. It depends what you want to do. Different people want to achieve different things. If you if you just got some IAG shares to to sell, I mean, you, 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 there's not much that that, that has there's a, that that's involved. I mean, that anyone should be able to execute the sale of some IAG shares reasonably easy. Right. So it's not a dodgy minefield with a lot of. Uh dodgy traders and that it's quite straightforward just well, it's, it's, it's right straightforward if you go to if you go to someone who, who who's used to that i mean they're going to want you they're going to want your account opening stuff um which is all driven by the anti money laundering stuff which is you know some id um, yeah, that's no problem, that's all right, yeah. Yeah, and then just selling some IG shares is straightforward. All right, thank you very much, Brian. And at the end of another Thursday Finance, uh, thank you, Ian Morant, for coming and talking super today. Appreciate that. Yeah, please, Mark. And as always, Stephen Pritchard, you will be back with us uh, next week for another Thursday Finance right here at 2NURFM. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, 
well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.